Welcome to the Mature and Multiply podcast, a production of CMC. This podcast is dedicated to telling extraordinary stories from ordinary people in the local church. Join your hosts, Caleb Reed and Delaney Utzi, as we connect with everyday people who are engaging their community for Christ. We hope you're inspired to take action in your own sphere of influence. Hey guys, welcome back to the Mature and Multiply podcast. I am uh, your host, Caleb, and I'm here with our co-host, Delaney, and our special guest today, Joey Brown from uh, Mechanicsburg, Ohio. Um, Joey is the pastor of Mechanicsburg Christian Fellowship, and um, so excited to have him here today, and we just want to dive into the conversation and and hope that these podcasts have been an encouragement to those of you that are listening. And um, like we say all the time, you know, make sure to share this with your friends and your family and, and somebody that you might think needs to hear this message. Absolutely. So to get us started, Joey, um, just tell us a little bit about your family, your work, your hobbies. Yeah, just give us an introduction to yourself. Yeah, so I'm married. I've been married for 10 and a half years to my wife, Macy. Macy is a nurse. She's been a nurse now for nine years. She was in the emergency department for seven and a half years. Now she's doing, I guess she's post-op, so she's waking people up. Okay. So quite interesting. (laughs) We have three dogs. They are Samoyeds and um, not Samoyens. A lot of people try to call them Samoyens, (laughs) but Samoyeds, they're big, white, fluffy dogs. So we love those. No kids yet. And I'm a pastor at Mechanicsburg Christian Fellowship. So I've been doing that almost six years now. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, yeah. I, I'm sure like your wife got some crazy stories of yeah. people w- waking up after. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the stories that she has now aren't <laughs> as crazy as what they were when she worked in the emergency department. Yeah. So she worked in a level one trauma center. So she'd have people with DS, uh, GSWs, gunshot wounds. Yeah. One of them was like she had someone and they saved them. They had uh, 12 gunshot wounds. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So um, so it's just different for her. Now she has more time for family. There she had more adrenaline. So, <laughs> and this one's a lot closer to home. Yeah, yeah. So Okay. Wow. Cool. So, yeah, like we like to do a lot of things for fun. Um, but it's kind of a com- complicated question too, right? <laughs> like in this generation, we're, we seem to be so busy. And yeah, time is such a precious thing. So um, with the perceived busyness, we simply uh, fight, fight that, right? Uh-huh. And just try to enjoy every moment that we can together. Yeah. So even if that's doing dishes or sweeping the floors, we just try to make it fun. Yeah. That's we cool. um, enjoy being a husband, though marriage is highly complicated. And I say that with, you know, the best intent. Mm-hmm. Marriage is way better than I ever thought it would be, but way more challenging. Even growing up in a Christian home and... Uh, starting the marriage as Christians and leaders, yeah. you think, hey, it's going to be pretty easy. And there's just so many new levels of, um, I guess the way we describe it to people is 10 years in, you experience different things now than what we did 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So what that does is that exposes different levels of selfishness within us. Mm. Yeah. So um, so loss or family loss, then it's like, I'm selfish here or there. Or 10 years ago, I might have been selfish of not wanting to do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Now I'm selfish over deeper things within me. So, yeah, it's just complicated, <laughs> but love it. Yeah. We we love going to Florida. Um, I enjoy learning. I enjoy teaching to those who have ears. Yeah. People who don't want to hear. It just gets challenging. You know, I guess trying to convince a Christian to be a Christian. 
mm. sometimes mm-hmm. can wear you out. Mm. We um, enjoy riding bikes and uh, running. Okay. We started an endeavor in June to start running. Okay. So last week um, I ran 33 miles. Awesome. So, um, yeah. Nice. I don't know how long it'll keep on going, <laughs> but, but we're hoping to run a half uh, marathon. Uh, I enjoy coaching track. Yeah. And then random things like roasting coffee, podcast, listening to podcasts, yeah. and fantasy football. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, when you said running, I was going to ask if you have like a, a marathon or a half marathon like in mind or in goal to, to kind of work towards. Yeah. So yeah. sometime in March, we're okay. hoping to do one. Okay. But, um, Macy thinks that when I find something I want to do, like, I just obsess over it. Yeah. So I was talking to her about doing an ultra now. <laughs> so, you know, that'd be anything above 20, 26.2 miles. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, Delaney. Oh, that no? sounds terrible. <laughs> More sounds- power to you, but mm, I'm not a big fan of running. Uh, <laughs> Macy wasn't a runner. She's just not. Like, yeah. She's athletic, but mm-hmm. she's like, no, like, I'm not running unless my dogs get out. Or the house is on fire. <laughs> but we just kind of started the journey. Uh, um, you know, someone out of just, how do we have good health? How do we yeah. steward our bodies mm-hmm. in a way that God wants us to? And yeah. So then you just kind of get bored doing a half lap up the street. So then you right. do a little bit more and more and more. So Yeah. No, running's fun. I, I know I don't look like it. I used to. I used to run every day um, back several years ago but and ran... I don't know, I've run four half marathons. Nice. And it's fun. It's, it's hey, thank you. Thank you for that encouraging look there. Um, it's, that is shocking <laughs> to me. That is very shocking. It's addicting. Like once you start and then once you get in and actually do like a running event, it's it's addicting. You get in there and we would run um, the rock and roll yep. marathon, half marathon series. And you got, theirs was like every mile you had a band. And nice. there was people cheering you on and you come around the corner into that final stretch and it's just like you're running in, I don't know, you're running into the Coliseum yep. and people are cheering and yeah, it's fun. One I, I ran once was um, we ran into the Sun Devils football stadium yep. and like the finish line was a 50 yard line and that was cool too because you're just come up through the tunnel and yeah, so it's so. Did you root for the Sun Devils when you were down there? Um, I, I was. I'm a. I'm a Buckeye fan yep. through and through. But I'm always like, wherever I am, I've got to find the the home team yep. to to rep. And so, yeah, Sun Devils would have been who we who we were going for. Uh, University of Arizona. They were a little bit south of us. Yep. Big rivals, obviously. Sure. Um, so, but uh, and then for a little while, my daughter went to. Uh, it was called ASU Preparatory Academy, and they were like sponsored by ASU, and so their mascot, everything, school colors yep. were all the same. So cool, it was fun. So my my wife wasn't always a fan of, you know, the Sun Devil mascot with the pitchforks sure. and and all, but it's for the kids. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I could understand that. Uh, no, cool, man. And so you grew up in Mechanicsburg. Grew up in Mechanicsburg. Yeah, born and raised. Yeah. Lived there for twenty three years. Yeah. And then um, God called us away for about eight years. And okay. We ended up coming back to Mechanicsburg. Yeah. So it's kind of random. Um, I felt like the church needed to have a night of worship. And I felt like it wasn't supposed to be with any of our worship leaders at the church. Uh huh. So I talked to the elders at the church and they said, hey, 
Um, we know you know nothing about it, but we'll give you $3,000 to make it happen. I'm like, man, this is a lot of money. <laughs> but I knew nothing about it, right? Yeah. Like, never organized anything other than a birthday party. And that was about it. Mm-hmm. And um, reached out to some artists, and many artists wanted to come. They said, yeah, we'd come for this, we'd come for that. And then there was a guy, Jeremy Riddle, who used to be a part of the Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Now he's with, um, I believe, Bethel Church. Yeah. And um, at the time, he was transitioning out of the Vineyard. I didn't know him, just, again, trying to get ideas of who should come to this night of worship and under this budget. Yeah. So he said he would come for like 2500 bucks. Like, I don't think you're supposed to come, so I told him no. <laughs> so I told Jeremy Riddle no, and then uh, I went through some health problems, and this was six months, you know, checking in with different artists. Yeah. And one day I was coming home from work, and I felt like just God told me, hey, you need to reach out to Carrie Job. Yeah. Like, I don't even know who Carrie Job is right now. I think she has a song. <laughs> so um, reached out to Carrie Job, and um, they said, hey, sorry, we're booked all of 2011. Okay. So, okay. So then, you know, through the health problems, through some financial things, I was kind of frustrated. Wanted to get married to Macy. Yeah. And how are you going to get married to Macy when you're going to school, making $10 an hour? It's just not going to work. Yeah. Because you can't live in your parents' basement, right? <laughs> or you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. You can, but you, you should. Yeah. <laughs> when you're married. Yes. So um, several weeks later, or when Carrie Job's team ended up emailing me back and they said, well, sorry, we're booked all of 2011. I emailed them back and I literally wrote out big smiley face. Thank you. And then that was it. <laughs> well, then they emailed me back two two weeks later and they said, hey, we just felt the anointing of God on that last email that you sent us. We've opened up these dates for you. No. In 2011. What? Wow. So what ended up happening is through this sickness, through all these, um, another podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, through all these things, what ended up happening is I had this picture one day, um, maybe vision, whatever you want to call it, when I was praying and I saw myself in a train tunnel. Okay. And I was in this train tunnel and all that I had was my left hand that was not paralyzed. And Jesus appeared and I, he said, Joey, you're nothing without me. Yeah, I know that. And he said, the only way you're going to get to the light at the end of the tunnel is if you hold on to me with everything that you have. So in this picture, I grabbed his belt and he just started to walk. Uh-huh. And while he was walking, you know, like there was glass in there and then the railroad tracks. Yeah. And they were bumping me and cutting me. He said, it's not going to be easy. And typically, like when people explain what's going on, like Typically, we think of the footprints in the sand, right? Yeah. And in this picture, Jesus is like, no, this is going to be challenging for you. The challenges are not over. Just hold on to me. And then as he started to walk that direction, like I woke up and I felt like I heard changes coming to your life in July. Okay. So this is still the Carrie Job story, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what ended up happening is we're planning this event and we realize, hey, this is a free worship night. Uh Uh-huh. So um, no way that Mechanicsburg Church is going to be able to host everyone that we want to host. Yeah. So someone from the church said, hey, my my um, friend just built a new church in Dayton. It can ho- host like 4,000 people. Come to find out it can ho- host 2,500 people. <laughs> but um, they said that they could host the event for us. Uh, my buddy came up to me, um, Pastor Linden's son, one Sunday, and he said, hey, I feel like the Dayton Vineyard is interviewing you, and they don't even know it. And I said, well, surely you know something because... Um, you know, you're the pastor's son. He said, Joey, I was in prayer. I felt like God said that they're interviewing you and they don't even know it. Yeah. What ended up being late June or mid June, 
right before the event and um, the Dayton Vineyard called me. They said, hey, we'd like to talk to you. And I went in and met with their family pastor. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, we feel like you're supposed to be our next youth pastor. So I never applied for the job. Um, At that time, I wasn't qualified for the position. They interviewed over 100 people from all over America. I didn't have my degree at that point. Um, I didn't have the five years experience, but yeah. they ended up hiring me. Wow. So long story short, then Macy and I were able to get married. We had this night of worship. And that's kind of like, that's when we left Mechanicsburg. Okay. Was after that. So. Yeah. Okay. So you guys were kind of in the, you were in Vineyard yeah. Church for a yeah. number of years yeah. and, and were another church, if yeah. I recall. So, right? yeah. So we were at Vineyard and then we were, um, we felt called away from that, so then we ended up going to a church in Piqua. Okay. And won't name, you never know where these things can go, right? <laughs> so I won't, yeah. na- I won't name that church, but um, it was not a Mennonite church. It was not a vineyard church, but um, it was actually a Methodist church. And while I was at this Methodist church, really loved the leaders that were there. And um, he was retiring. He was worn out after several years that we served there. And um, while they were reappointing their next leader the district superintendent came in and asked kind of the qualities that everyone would want in their next leader. And, you know, for me, it's pretty clear, you know, someone who's going to preach the Bible, mm-hmm. that the word is an inerrant, yeah. that it was inspired by God, that he's the only way to heaven, that Jesus died and resurrected from the grave for the atonement of our sins so that we can walk in a relationship with him, that a sin is still a sin. So, you know, we're just, as we're having that discussion, um, mentioned that to the district superintendent, and they ended up saying, well, God, we cannot limit God and say that Jesus is the only way. Whoa. And I said, now, wait a second. I think now at this point, I might be like four years married. I'm like, I know that my wife tells me that I don't hear or I don't listen very well. <laughs> uh, but surely you didn't say that Jesus isn't the only way. And she proceeded and doubled down and said, um, we cannot limit God and say that Jesus is the only way. Wow. Jesus is the way that I choose but we can't Mm. limit him and say that he's not the only way. Wow. So at that point, I just ended up telling him, hey, look, with the leadership team there, we left on good terms. But, you know, with the district superintendent, I said, I can't be a part of a demonic organization. Yeah. So anyone that doesn't, according to scripture, claim that Jesus is the risen king, that he came of virgin birth, is operating out of the spirit of the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. So how am I going to be a part of an organization that a church now it's one thing if you're working in government or you're working for a plumber Mm -hmm. but when you're working within a church how do you work for that organization yeah yeah so i ended up saying hey look i'll be out in six months and um serve you guys until then yeah and wow uh, then randomly mechanicsburg ended up calling so we were (laughs) going to take a job making a fourth of what we were making in piqua okay and uh, we said god hey tomorrow um we're gonna commit to this other organization let us know if you have a different plan. And we're going to commit at 12. Mm-hmm. 11.30 came around, and Mechanicsburg called. We didn't talk to them in like six months. So they randomly called and said, hey, we have a youth leader position open. We think that you would be good at that. But it's probably like three or four months. And I said, well, I have to interview like tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. So they ended up interviewing us. They met a pay scale that we were hoping for. Okay. And then we came back to Mechanicsburg as youth leaders. Yeah. Mom. Okay. That's cool. Awesome. That's really cool. And 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 that's kind of progressed into now you're lead pastor yeah. of the church and mm-hmm. and all. So that's that's awesome how like I knew 
you you shared with that with me I don't know this last summer a little bit and knew it was kind of a full circle. Sure. You guys started, went out, did some different things, yeah. and are, are now back home. Um, was there an excitement as you guys came back to your home community? Because Macy's from Mechanicsburg yeah. as well. Yeah, so she's what the locals would call a transplant. Okay, <laughs> so okay. So she moved in later, but I, I guess I would be second generation. Yeah. Berg. So since <laughs> I have that second generation, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but she, she was there from, I think, first grade on. Okay. So essentially, like, she's been there her whole life. Yeah, yeah. Until, like, people dive in and, like, pull up these school records. You've only been here since yep. first grade. <laughs> well, it's really, like, who's your dad? Yeah. Who's your mom? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. And you grew up in the church as well, right? I grew up at the church, in the church. Okay. Um, best friends with Pastor Lyndon's one of his sons. Okay. So mm-hmm. we were a month apart. And, um, yeah, I ah, have all my memories. That's cool. Total, this is not on the paper. I just, as you're talking about, like, a best friend, you have you have a buddy named Gabe that's a barber in Plain City? Yeah. Yeah. Gabe, Gabe Stout. Yeah. Yep. So I take my son in there to yeah. get uh, his haircut every every once in a while. And yep. something came up about what I do, and I was talking about, like, some of the churches under our conference. And he's like, hey, do you know Joey from Mechanicsburg? He said you guys used to, like, get uh, confused told you were twins or brothers or something like when we were younger we looked a whole lot alike Um, yeah you know he's he's thick yeah (laughs) with two c's as the younger generation would call it (laughs) so uh Uh, yeah gabe's always been thicker and there was a point uh, i guess in my story where um because of my asthma i had to take steroids every day okay so i was kind of thick and we yeah you know fair complected yeah brown eyes brown hair yeah oh that's funny yeah because because when he told me that i'm like i wasn't sure how I i don't know him that well yeah um, but, uh, I, I want to be like, I don't see it, but yeah, I'll, yeah, you know, yeah. that, that makes a little more sense. So, but cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, kind of as we just kind of dive into your life. Um, yeah, I'd love that story of just, like I said, kind of full circle yep. here, but, uh, maybe just share with us, like, what is your engagement in the community? Um, I know you're leading the church and, and leading that congregation there, but, but thinking outside of the the four walls, what's, what does engaging the community look like for you and maybe your wife in Mechanicsburg? Yeah, I think what's really unique though is, um, as a church leader, you always think about how to help the people in your congregation sometimes rather than how do you engage yourself? Yeah. So what's really complicated about that is we're in Mechanicsburg, which is a village of like 1,450 people, but yet our church represents over 15 communities. Wow. So ranging, watch this, from Dublin, Ohio to Dayton, Ohio, and then from West Jefferson to Bell Fountain. Oh, wow. So I I guess if I was really prepared for the podcast, I'd tell you all the miles, right? <laughs> uh, well, that I mean, Dublin, you're like 40 miles from Dublin. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then to Dayton, you know, yeah. that's another 35. Yeah. So, you know, we're spanning that huge... Um, huge area so what's really hard for me is when I think about community sometimes the church wants to know how do you help my community yeah so then how do we help Dublin how do we help Dayton how do we help Bell Fountain and then how do we help um West Jefferson and West Liberty's arrival so god bless them (laughs) yeah they're on their own (laughs) yeah the school up north yeah yeah so um and that's our inside joke at the church too but um so that's where it, co- it becomes complicated for me as a church leader. So yeah. how do we help all these people who want to make an impact in their community? Mm-hmm. So what, we, what we've been wrestling is, well, how do I want to impact the people that I love in the community that I'm in? 
So be involved in it, right? Yeah. So that, that's really what we've been trying to do. Um, what's really unique, though, is a lot of people always have these big ideas for leaders. So probably when I leave here today, I'll send you guys like, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, Joey, you don't understand how hard it is to even be where we are today. You know, so there's always these idea people. And a lot of people in church land, the ideas that they want to give us is have another harvest party. And that's how you engage your community or have another hot dog giveaway. And that's how you engage your community. And it's like everything or have this Christmas event where you invite people to your church and give Mm -hmm. them free stuff. It's like, how's that loving people? You're having a fun night, but you're not really connecting with people. So, um, yeah, the church really lives from this idea that if you build it, they will come mentality. Mm. So if Mm -hmm. we have a harvest party, they're going to come. And and we have harvest parties. But our real goal when we have harvest parties in, is to engage the church that the people that come to the church. And if anyone else comes, then that's great. But invite yeah. your friends. Yeah. So if, if you come to our harvest party next year, bring your friends and then we have a big community. Nevertheless, um, the Bible tells us to go. Yeah. And so often the church forgets about going. But yet all of our things are come to us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. come to us, come to us. So we're trying to go, which means we're trying to be involved. So one of the ways that I wanted to be involved is I'm the head track coach at the high school. Okay. So I ran track in high school and they wanted to hire me as the coach. So I'm the head track coach. We have a Bible club every Friday with 35 to 65 high school students. Yeah. During lunch, we bring pizza, kids have Bibles Yeah. and we dive into scripture. So really cool opportunity. Yeah. We volunteer at the school for concession stands and other things that they need. Uh, randomly bring coffee. Everyone loves coffee. Well, most people love coffee or tea and yeah. lunch. You know, we'll randomly go to business just to smile, ask people they have prayer needs. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We, um, we hosted several worship nights downtown on the square okay. in Mechanicsburg. Yeah. You know, so you have 29 in Route 4 right there. So it's like, again we could care less about inviting people to our church. It's not about us. Mm. We want to engage you guys where you are. So we will go to yeah. you. Yeah. So we've hosted uh, several worship nights or days down there. Mm-hmm. Um, going sledding when it snows. Yeah. Right? I mean, you just, <laughs> I'll just post on social media. Hey, there's a lot of snow. Let's go sledding. Yeah. You know, so a bunch of the kids will come out. Parents will come out. Um, or if it rains, you play games. Yeah. So how do you just genuinely care about the person next to you? Mm-hmm. Be, um, yeah, and just be where your feet are. Yeah. So that's some of the things that we've tried to do. Um, and then taking a selfie with the younger generation. I'm serious. <laughs> like, taking a selfie goes so far with the young younger yeah. generation that yeah. um, it's like, why do you, look, I'm almost 35. So why do I need to be posting selfies anywhere, <laughs> right? But taking a selfie with a kid yeah. and then tagging them on whatever social media you have makes them feel like, they're so special. Yeah. But then them feeling special feels like you care about them. And then they, in return, open up to you about life. Yeah. Yeah. Parents, drama, finances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to your saying, like, has the, like, has the church, like, so I know you're coaching yep. track and doing that, but like, have, have members of the congregation, have they bought into yep. just being right there alongside yep. you and plugging into those different events and activities in the community. Corporately, we're still growing in that, right? Yeah. But we have two other two other members in the church. One is a JV coach okay. at a local high school. The other one is the varsity 
assistant basketball coach at Mechanicsburg. So we have other people in the congregation that are recognizing, hey, if we're going to make an impact, then we have to be involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, from my experience, when you go where everyone is and engage them in their environment, right, it's because I think the church gets kind of a, a bad reputation for, well, they always want us to come to their, like you're saying, they always want us to come to their building, to their place. It's always there. It's always in their space. And and there's something that transpires when we go and we begin to engage yep. in those environments and in those places and spaces because um, it's not seen as this selfish, yep. hey, it's all about us. It's all, it's, it's us going and serving the community in simple ways, right? making popcorn on a Friday, Friday night, night at the basketball yeah. game or, 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 you know, just simple things of engaging those around us. Um, and I mean, a track meet, I've been to one track meet yep. in my life. Um, it was my niece's track meet. So, uh, I don't know, it was last spring sometime. Yep. And I was there for like four hours. Yep. Like I was if you're listening, Ashlyn, I apologize. I was kind of bored. Like it yep. was, I mean, it's great for me and my brother to stand there and chat and yep. connect and, and catch up. But like, I imagine there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of travel back and forth sure. and, and a lot of opportunities for you to connect with those students yep. and, and you get to know them well, yep. right? You're spending multiple hours during the year, uh, practicing and training and you get to see them in their highs and their lows yep. and you get to be there sure. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the time. Yeah. Girlfriend, boyfriend issues, family <laughs> issues. Um, yeah. Always bringing those things up that you're able to minister to, pray for. There was actually um, a kid every every race he ran, he would ask me to come up and pray for him wow. during the event. So, hey, Coach Brown, will you, will you pray for me? Will you lay your hands on me and pray for me? You know, so those are unique opportunities. Yeah. But really what's led us here is I never came into it saying, we're going to love Mechanicsburg by invading or going and doing this really what it was is God, how do we be present available and obedient? And I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. Yeah. But what is God doing uniquely? Mm -hmm. You know, how many times do we set a plan and then say, God bless it rather than say, God, can we just partner with what you're already doing? What Mm -hmm. door have you opened up in Mechanicsburg? So even as leadership, we've asked that question. We had an elders retreat in November. What's God uniquely doing in Mechanicsburg? Yeah. And then you have to fight through some of your offense, right? Yeah. Because some of the offense would be like, well, what about the older generation? What about the people who are tithing to the church? Yeah. You know, like what about me, 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 me. And then now maybe God, the open door that you're having us pursue is just these punk kids (laughs) in a school system. Yeah, But there's been so many unique opportunities where um, coaching and being with these kids, um, there was an acquaintance. So back in 2020, um, right before COVID happened, our new coaching staff was coming together. I wasn't the head coach at that time. And there was a lady, without mentioning her name, whose husband just contacted the first COVID. Mm. And then they just canceled the track season. And they're in their 40s generally healthy people. So what ended up happening is he ended up being on a ventilator for 58 days. Wow. And this is just an acquaintance. Mm -hmm. So I never met him. Mm -hmm. Never once couldn't pick him out, but knew her from a few practices. So then I'm praying and saying, God, how can we, how can we love this woman? How can we love this man? So they're not believers. They're not followers. They're kind of just 
people who believe in whatever, mm-hmm. live a good life. Yeah. So we rallied the church together. We posted on Facebook and we asked people to pray and intercede, of course. I mean, really the easiest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. But how can we take the next step? Okay, food. I mean, food within the church is relatively easy as well. A lot of times we give people so much food that it goes to waste. Yeah. So <laughs> um, food wasn't the issue. But then when we were delivering food, we saw um, trees growing out of their gutters. Oh, you know, man. so yeah. since he's sick, he can't really do that stuff. And she's just so overwhelmed with her job at the school and getting kids everywhere. So then, hey, can we do some stuff? Can we do some manly stuff at the house? <laughs> Let us get this power yeah. washer out. Yes. And we're, we're going to get up there on that <laughs> roof and we're going to do uh, it. Get the chainsaw. Yep. So, get the axe out. Yes. So the church did some manly things around, <laughs> around to engage the community. This was yeah. going, right? Yeah. So this was going. This wasn't. I mean, might be the first time I've ever shared the story, right? So, you know, this was us going. So then continually praying, God, what do we do? How do we uniquely engage this community? How do, mm-hmm. we, how do we love them? I felt like he said, have a um, parade for this guy once, he, once God heals him. Yeah. So we started to plan this parade okay. for this dude at the church where we were having people make signs and bring out like bells and pom-poms. Yeah. So we just declaratively were like, hey, when this dude gets better, we're going to have a prayed for him at the church. Yeah. So he ended up getting better. We set the date, and we had a prayed for him at the church, and he collected every sign and, you know, tears down his face. Wow. And what's ended up happening is that's, you know, created what was once an acquaintance are now friends. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we're good friends, no, but there's just general trust there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of questions that they have. So um, it's been really unique engaging them that way. and. You know, one of the questions you did ask is, well, how have we seen God move through our involvement? So to segue into that, and we can come back to whatever you need to, but um, I just wanted to bring up the school district recently at Mechanicsburg, they had um, an unexpected loss, death, within someone in administration. Mm-hmm. And it just completely shocked everyone. Uh, the unfortunate mm-hmm. story was the wife woke, uh, no, the husband came to school, his uh, wife's work ended up calling, said she never came to work. He went home, and she was essentially dead on the couch. Wow. Mm. Young family in their 40s. Mm. And being that this person's in administration, everyone knows them. Mm-hmm. So um, the school district asked that I would come up and hang out and walk through the halls, be available for everyone wow. there, which was also a unique um, situation because this is a public school. Mm-hmm. So we're to have Bible study there to be invited as a pastor to walk the halls and talk to kids who are administration, you know, really unique. Mm-hmm. But this time what was unique about it is the ministry happened more to administrators than it did mm. the, um, the kids. Five years ago, a kid died of cancer in Mechanicsburg. So all the kids had a lot of questions. This time it was the administrators. So this administrator who we did the prayed for, her husband, she had questions. She had a bunch of questions, and she asked me, she said, hey, Joey, I don't, um, I don't understand. And I said, I don't understand either, and, mm. and, and I actually hate this. Yeah, I don't like anything about this, and I don't have the answer, and I can't understand why God would allow this to happen. I don't see the good in it, mm-hmm. but I do know that for those who love him, he will make this work together for their good. And I said, but I don't, my, my faith in him and my trust in him has not been shaken. Mm. So then she said, I don't understand that. Will you tell me more? Mm. So then for the wow. next 45 minutes, I was able to share scripture and um, testify of how God has been real in my life and tears 
mm. coming down her face. So you just think of like one simple step of asking God, mm-hmm. how can we engage our community? Mm. Now, years later has provided this opportunity to minister to, um, to this family who, yeah. who are not believers. Yeah. So, um, so track, you know, <laughs> going to them, like it's yeah. all led to, mm-hmm. in, you know, in sports land, being that I was an athlete, they said, good things happen when you're around the ball. Mm. Mm-hmm. So like, if I'm just sitting at home all day, if I'm only hanging out with church people or only go to church on Sunday, that's yeah. not being around the ball. Being around the ball is being around darkness, right? Yeah. Being yeah. around things that need light. Yeah, mm. definitely. So good. Wow. Um, maybe a little bit of backtrack and, and as if there's any other, um, instances, actually, let me, let me, yeah, let's backtrack a little bit. I'd love to know like how, as far as like beginning that relationship with the, the Mechanicsburg schools, um, and you know, being able to come in and start a Bible study. And, and I, I, cause I'm sure we'll have some listeners that are like, how did you accomplish that? And, and we were able to accomplish, um, similar things in our time in Phoenix. And I mean, God just opened up opportunities yep. like you're sharing opportunities yep. to pray with teachers and they would and and I still I'm still in communication after being gone for almost a year now um, I have a handful of teachers that I, I check in on and I'm you know paying attention to their social medias and and we're just texting back and forth and it's like hey I see this is going on like you know love you miss you praying for you so so how did the was the school like how open was the school for you guys to come in and start this Bible study and, and do some of these things on campus? Yes. Yeah, so, um, generally because I was a part of the community, they understood who I was, yeah. you know, so there was rapport. They understood. Yeah. From a child who that wasn't a punk, right. <laughs> you know, you still had to go through the process of background checks and everything else. Yeah. But it started with them, um, needing someone to help with track. Yeah. So I was, gifted enough by God that I ended up, um, I was first team all Ohio as a track athlete. Okay. Um, in high school and then had some, several schools ask me to run the, the cathalon for them. Okay. And yeah, I, I thought that that was going to be it. So, um, just some random things happened to where, uh, my guidance counselor didn't end up sending in all the information for the national clearinghouse. Okay. So that I could receive scholarship money. And what she didn't send in was that I took college classes. Ah. So then since she didn't send it in, she went to break, she went on vacation and then we missed a deadline. So then the first year I was ineligible to receive any scholarship money. And then it's like, okay, God, well, since that's not happening Mm -hmm. now, what do you have for me? Someone randomly called and asked if I had help coach track. Gotcha. So then the coaching track. So like kind of what God created in me as a young kid, some of those talents and gifts, then Mm -hmm. he's, he seemed to like just build upon them. So then coaching track was kind of that open door. Yeah. So then when you're faithful with that and you prove yourself disciplined and honest and um, truthful, mm-hmm. they can trust you. Then I think they trust you with more. Yeah. And when it came to the Bible study, when we came back to Mechanicsburg, we heard that there was already one going on. Okay. And then COVID happened and that church that was doing it originally from Urbana. Wow. They quit. Yeah. So then I'm like, well, hey, look, um, this is obvious. <laughs> you want to do this? Yeah. So um so that door was already there. Yeah, okay. Cool. Cool. And as far as, you know, students inviting friends and just coming together and what what's a what's a Friday afternoon Bible study look like for you guys? So we bring in pizza. Uh-huh. Um kids 
invite their friends. Yeah. They um, bring their Bibles. We got them Bibles. We all got T-shirts. I wore one today. And this oh, is part nice. of like um, how we, like we had 65 kids wear these shirts on a Friday to a public school. So since this is not a video <laughs> podcast, the yes. shirts say, I believe in Jesus. And then they have our logo on it. Yeah. So how cool is it that, you know, 65 kids at the uh, school and yeah, the school is what, like K through 12, under 600? Yeah. So we had more than 10% of the whole school system. Yeah. I was going to say, camp, wow. uh, in, a, in a town of 1,400, yep. I was going to say the school can't be huge. And so mm-hmm. having, I'm sure that stood out. And yeah, that's, I love seeing young people just be bold about their faith. And obviously yep. they see you and other leaders in the, the, the community there doing the same thing and and so that inspires them and and helps them along this journey yeah so um at that bible study you know they ask great questions yeah um you know we come in with a plan but then they ask questions so then you follow their questions it's Mm -hmm. their bible study we get a help Mm -hmm. so we come in with a plan of what we want to teach and then kids ask a lot of challenging questions today yeah you know like in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth, but he also created male and female. Yeah. Huge topic today. Yeah. Um, one man, one woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are topics that kids are asking about. So right now, um, since the past three months, we've been talking about how do we establish a biblical worldview? Okay. And where do you get a biblical worldview from? Yeah. So um, we're teaching kids scripture. And yeah. And they're, they're learning that. And then yeah. trying to represent it. Um you know, in their homes. And one kid came up to us. He, um, yeah, what a unique situation. You know, they're kind of like some of the more wealthy families mm-hmm. in Mechanicsburg, or this kid was himself. His family's not religious. And um, the first week that we had Bible club at the beginning of the school year, he saw me and he made eye contact with me. And we weren't allowed to have pizza at that point because there were some negotiations between the cafeteria losing money (laughs) and the administration of like, well, if we, if we feed 60 kids, then that's 60 lunches that they're going to lose money on. Yeah. So there were some negotiations that had to happen. So we didn't have any pizza. We didn't have anything. So he made eye contact with me and he said, I'll be back. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you just, you just can't lie to my face. (laughs) Like... Or you're lying to my face because you can't tell me the truth, right? Yeah. So he said, I'll be back. I'm going to go get lunch. So this kid ended up coming back. I'm like, well, that's a surprise. Yeah. And then the next week, he told me the same thing. He said, I'll be back. I'm like, no, you won't. <laughs> like, you're a liar. <laughs> you're lying to me, buddy. Uh, and uh, he went down and uh, grabbed his lunch and came back. And he's been there every week since. Yes. And... um he shared his testimony about how through Bible Club it's helped him have a, a better relationship with Christ. Okay. And uh, his family's not religious. I saw them at the coffee shop in Mechanicsburg, and they said, well, we encourage him to go, but it's kind of not what we do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of the things that he's talking about giving up, you know, he's saying, hey, look, I'm giving up premarital sex. I'm giving up porn and yeah. masturbation and, you know, things yeah. that the world deals with. And he's yeah. saying, hey, I've experienced some freedom from Christ, and I want to give this up. Mm-hmm. And then he asked a question. He said, well, the, the Bible talks about one man and one woman, but my girlfriend's mad at me because I told her, it's like, yeah, like, I'd slow your role on teaching. <laughs> like, slow your role with teaching because uh, you might hurt her. Yeah. Um, even with biblical truth. But he ended up saying, like, your brother can't be gay. 
Yeah. You know, so then she has questions. Well, why, why would your pastor, why would this mm. pastor, you know, so there's deeper questions that then we can yeah. minister to about God's love yeah. for all people. He died for everyone, mm-hmm. right? But a sin is still a sin. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Bible clubs allowed us to be able to have some of yeah. those conversations outside, but he came up to us four weeks into it and he said, do you ever do this one-on-one? And he didn't know what he was saying as discipleship. Yeah. He's like, do you ever just meet with people like one-on-one to help help them yeah. questions? So we've been connecting with him one-on-one awesome, for man. discipleship, and um, he asks questions. And Oh, that's so cool. I mean, in a, you don't get a, a better kind of glimpse into what's happening around us in our culture and in our world than sitting and wrestling through these things with young people, yep. right? High schoolers and 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 in a setting where, like you're describing this young man, he's he's not in a churched setting. He's not in a home where Correct. they're discussing these things. Yeah. You you do whatever makes you happy. It sounds like, yeah. and and that's just fine with us, um, which is great, and that works in your favor because his parents are totally cool with him going Correct. to yep. to Bible study. But I, it's like those are the conversations that. Um, as the body of Christ, yep. we need to be willing and willing to engage, yep. right? And yep. instead of just throwing the book at those answers, like engaging and wrestling. Um, I mean, I wrestle with those things. Sure, we all yeah, do. Yeah. Like, it, it's not like you can't just, like you said, sin is sin, but we can't just open the word and find the answer plain as day, right? We got to dig and we got to wrestle with it and 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 navigate that. Yep. And and I mean, I love that you guys, I mean, you're at the, on the forefront of these kinds of things. And I, and I love that. That is so, so cool. And I hopefully encouraging to those that are listening and challenging, um, to, to those that are listening. But the issue is you can't have a plan and say, this is what I'm going to go do. True. Like, yeah. Okay. I want to start a college ministry in Mechanicsburg. Well, the biggest college closest to us is Rosedale, right? You know, so like we're not going right. to have like this super thriving 500 person mm-hmm. um, ministry. Mm-hmm. So we have to ask God, well, how do you uniquely want us to serve the people around us? Yeah. So that's, um, God's opened up that door. And yeah. I wonder how many, how many hours and days and months I've wasted on trying to open up doors mm-hmm. that God's like, I've mm-hmm. shut the door and you can't open it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that approach. Earlier, how did you say it? You, I think you used like three words. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we must be uh, present, available, and obedient. Present, available, and obedient. So we can talk about that a little bit if you want. Yeah, we've got a few minutes left here. Yeah. So, yeah, do it, So, um, yeah, the idea of God's moving all the time, right? He's a creator, not a replicator. Mm-hmm. He's always doing things. So wherever we are, we have to be present. If I'm thinking about like the meatloaf that I have going on at home for after church or whatever I'm going to do after this podcast, then I'm missing the moment here and we're not necessarily reading the room. Yeah. So we have to be present wherever we are in every situation. And then we have to be available. So if God speaks to me right now to pray, pray for something or reminds me of a scripture, if I'm not available, what good is it? Yeah. If I've positioned my heart where I say, God, I could care less what you want me to do, mm-hmm. then you know, that's horrible. Yeah. And then, so if we're present, good. If we're available, great. But then if we're not obedient, yeah. none of that none of that matters. Mm-hmm. So when God puts it on our heart to call up Carrie Job, yeah. you know, a woman at that point, <laughs> you still had 11 million views on YouTube. Yeah. Like, 
coming to Mechanicsburg, you do it. Yeah. And by faith, you just believe that mm. uh, scripture says don't have the, um, if I'm crazy, if I'm crazy, it's for God. If I'm right, it's for you. Mm. So um, sorry, I don't have the, the scripture. But it was Paul just saying, look, if, I, if I'm crazy with the things that I'm trying to do for God, I'm doing it for God. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're obedient, we need to be obedient with this zeal that says, God, if, if this, if this person is going to make fun of me, if they're not going to like me, I'm doing it for you anyways. Yeah. So being present, available and obedient is key to us making an impact as we go. Mm, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. That's awesome. So how would you encourage or maybe even challenge the person listening to this to begin engaging their community um, or their sphere of influence? Like what, what would you say to that person? Yeah, I mean, there's no meaningful engagement um, of the community around you unless you bring the heart of God. Mm-hmm. So you have to bring the heart of God. I mean, yeah. me engaging, how lame would it be if as a 35-year-old, I'm just engaging the community to make myself feel cool with high school kids? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, I, have, yeah. Yeah. I have so many other better things to be mm-hmm. doing. So unless we're bringing Christ into the community or into the relationships, then yeah. then it's toiling. Mm-hmm. So if you want to engage your community and see an impact for Christ's sake, we first have to know God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us get so passionate that we're like, hey, we're going to make an impact. And we get this idea of whatever it is, but then we don't accompany it with God's word. Mm-hmm. So we have to know God's word to go. And then we have to pray for God's wisdom. We have to pray for the people that we're ministering to. Mm-hmm. So I think um, you only see an impact in a community or in people's lives as you are praying for it. Mm, so, um, yeah, in, in everything, in marriage, yeah. in the people you're ministering to. Mm-hmm. I don't think God's going to give you more if you're not praying for it. Mm. Not praying for more, but praying for the condition, the, mm-hmm. the people's salvation. Yeah. Um, don't see people as a means to an end. I think in ministry, you can see people as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. I won't go be friends with him so that the church is bigger. I won't go, you know, sit with them so that they feel special. It's like, no, like how, how many church leaders or people to say, if I go do this with that person, then they're going to fix my problems. So don't be a means to an end. And then get involved. Coach a team mm. like T-ball, mm-hmm. soccer. And like five-year-olds, all you need to say is run that way and kick. Yes. Like you don't, need to, you don't need to know anything about soccer, but the relationships that you can build by bringing snacks to the soccer, uh, lead a 4-H club, run for school board, right? Mm-hmm. Run for city council, rub shoulders with the world regularly, mm-hmm. and then be the salt and the light according to Matthew 5. Yeah. So, um, and then you say, well, if, if I run for city council, if I'm on the school board, if I coach a team, then I don't have any life, right? Where's Mm -hmm. my time? Mm -hmm. Isn't Jesus worthy of it all? Yeah. Jesus is worthy of every breath, every moment, everything that we're doing. So it's kind of weird to me when when we fight to have freedom and the freedom that we're fighting for is to go home and watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, Jesus is worthy of it all. Yeah. So if we're going to see a city, a village, a school, our friends impacted and we had to be willing to give them it all mm-hmm. and then my last thing and then i'll be done is um just be faithful with little mm-hmm. it's really easy to dream big yeah and even i'm sure in in the idea of dreaming for this podcast we can say the cliche thing and say well if it only impacts one like okay yeah but <laughs> but no 
Like that dream's not big enough. Like Mm -mm. we understand it, but then sometimes our dreams are so far out that we're like, Hey, maybe we'll be like a top 10 one day. Yeah. A top 10 podcast. We'll have people from all over the world coming in. And I'm not saying that's a bad dream, but when we have that dream so far out, what we end up missing is the person right in front of us. Mm -hmm. So we have to be faithful with the little and Luke 16, 10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Mm. So how do we do well with the little around us? Yeah. The community, Mm -hmm. the community that you're in is not little. The skill that you have is not little. Just Mm. offer it to God. You guys know the parable of the talents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm sure the listeners know the parable of the talents as well. This is a Christian podcast. So (laughs) yeah. uh, With 500 listeners. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Right. Um, That's our goal. No, I'm just, (laughs) I'll get back with you on that. Yes. Uh, so be faithful with the little bit that you have. And that means that um, it might only be three to five people. Mm-hmm. And then that might grow to 10. And yeah. you know, what's really unique for us is we had a worship team um, ever since I've been the pastor at the church. Just like, man, we can't, we can't get this worship team set. Mm. And um, it's just been like solo leaders mm-hmm. and then more solo leader, leaders and guest leaders. And then God took like out of nowhere, just... Now we have multiple teams. Yeah. Like literally the past two months, like went from a leader and a drummer (laughs) Uh to like multiple teams. So I think as you're faithful and God knows that your heart's in it. Yeah. Then then he's going to make it grow. That's cool. That's cool. That's awesome. I I love just to touch base on a couple things and and we'll wrap it up here. Um, One question I get a lot is... You know, hey, our churches are in rural communities. There's not a lot to do. There's not. But I think, you know, there may not be as many things in a booming metropolis, say like Columbus or, you know, Indianapolis or, you know, one of those places. But the reality and the ease of getting involved in a small community Mm -hmm. is it's relatively easy. Mm -hmm. Um, I showed up to uh, my son's soccer tryouts one night and I walked out. I walked in as just a parent there for tryouts. I walked out as a coach, you know, and they needed a coach. Um, And, you know, that opened up opportunities to meet nine new families in our community and get to know the kids and the parents and and, and things like that. And so, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, man, look for those opportunities. Go to wherever it is in your community, in your small town, and find where the message board is, whether it's on Facebook or the library bulletin board, if they still have those, um, and and find where the needs are, because there are needs, yep. and we're, we are constantly fighting this. We're too busy. We're too busy. But what would our, like you said earlier, what would our Netflix account like show where our time is spent? Yep. You know, or. Um, I don't know about Samsung, but iPhones, right? They give you a weekly report. Time, yep. And I, I, I kind of, I try to keep tabs of that. I try to like keep it within a decent range, but like, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you were, usage was up 47% last week. Oh shoot. Like, <laughs> you know, yep. there went my time. And yep. so, um, so it's just, you know, looking at what we're doing with our time, with what we have and, and are we, you know, are we engaging something that's worth and that has kingdom impact or that if we, if we look back to yesterday just was time wasted, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And so I, I love all those practical ways of, of meeting people. Um, so, yeah. Any- 20, 29% uh-huh. of unchurched people say that a church member has shared the gospel or something about Jesus with them within a year. 29%. I just looked up this stat. Yeah. So 29% of unchurched people say that a believer has mentioned his name. So yeah. showing up isn't enough. Yeah. yeah. The long play, I'm sorry, I had to preach it to myself, the long play is not good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. We see um, the time is near. Yeah. Repent for the time is near. The time is near. The time is near. So there's an urgency, mm-hmm. but there's this tendency within all of our hearts to think that we can long play everyone. Yeah. But showing up is not good enough. 29%. Yeah. That's wild. So um, are we really? And what what's Jesus' last words? Some of his last words? He says, go and make disciples. Go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why, why is the church not taking that seriously? Yeah. Why am I not always taking that seriously? Mm. Um, those mm-hmm. are questions that I have to pray about. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes, and we need to wrap it up here. We could talk the rest of the afternoon. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I would. But um, yeah, we'll have to do this again, man. And maybe the next thing can be uh, discussing how do we get through all the red tape, right? And and sure. we, we put all these meetings and things together. And I just, I'll wrap with this. We, I just talked to a pastor um, last week up in Michigan, and they had just been praying diligently for some things to happen. Um, long story short, they had a Hispanic family show up to church on a Sunday morning. Wow, great. Entire family, no English, speaks Spanish only. And the next week, another family, and I'll probably get this wrong, but we're going to give him as a guest. Um, the next week, another family shows up. And, and within like a month and a half, they had four non or Spanish speaking only families show up to their church and they called like an audible every week. And, you know, they switched up their slides and, yep. and put Spanish up on their slides and they, they did all these things. Now they're doing ESL, you yep, know, teaching yep, these yep. families English. They're hosting classes to teach the English speakers Spanish. That's it. And just like boom, 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 and and it's just really cool um, to hear how God is working, and when we just allow Him to move. So, um, wow! Thanks, Joey, for your time and and making your way out here, um, and and joining Delaney and I. Delaney, any final words before we part ways with our five hundred listeners that are out there? <laughs> yes, we'll find no, them. I don't think so. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, and yeah. Great conversations. Yeah, awesome. Just a reminder, if you like what you heard today, um, make sure to give us a five-star review. Um, Tell us what you liked and share this with your friends, your family, your aunts, your uncles, whoever you think might need to listen. Have a great day. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram at CMC Rosedale and on Facebook at CMC Rosedale. Don't forget to share this with your friends and family. Thanks for listening.